Lift up the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. We serve an awesome God. He's worthy to be praised. We thank the Lord for his grace and his mercy towards us. Let us pray and turn to him in this moment in time. God, we just thank you for being God all by yourself. 
Uh, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to gather together you know, to worship with the brothers and sisters of Christ. Now, Lord, we ask them to hear a word from you. Uh, minister to our hearts, Lord, that your word will be hidden in our heart that we might not sin against you. Uh, Lord, we may to hear a word from you that we might see Jesus and him resurrected, him exalted, him seated and high in the heavenly places. And may we walk in according to your will. Oh, Father, Lord, I pray let it be all of you and none of me. We pray. Amen. As we continue to looking about how we can overcome and, and truly be successful by the grace of our awesome God, we look in our text, a familiar text to many of us, uh, might be new to some. Uh, we're going to look at how when Jacob wrestled with an angel. But I want to highlight here, as we look at this text, that this chapter, this 32nd chapter, is sandwiched between uh, Jacob leaving Laban and headed into the promised land. Um, he is now uh, wealthy and ha has blossomed and grown. It's been 20 years since he left, but also on his way to his promise that God has given him, he's going to face some difficulties. And in between this is when he's wrestling with an angel. That's why I want to talk about today how we can count on God's blessings. And why we can count on God's blessing, even while we might face obstacles, adversity, and conflict, we can count that if God has led us somewhere, he's going to get us to the end. Tell your neighbor, God will get you to the end. It's up to us to follow his instructions so that we can reach that destination. But we got to do the work. Tell your neighbor, you got to do the work. Genesis 32nd chapter, verses 24 to 32. And I'm going to lift up uh, this verse, uh, verses just 24 and 25 for the moment. It says, this left Jacob all alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw what, that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of his socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. I, I want to stop there. Just stop right there. I, I went on to verse 26. And I want to highlight here, we pick up here that Jacob is alone. But Jacob is not alone. <laughs> but Jacob is alone. Y'all see that there in the text. But also I want to highlight here that Jacob has left Laban. Jacob has left Laban because he's counting on God's blessing. Genesis 32, verses 24 and 32 tells us how he is alone in a camp, but yet he has to go to where God has called him to go. I would encourage you that the, the angel says that it could not win. Y'all see that there? The angel could not win. What I want to highlight as we're counting on God's blessing, that we need to have a competitive spirit. Now, as I'm working on this text, this is how God worked it out. I, I didn't plan on to be in our Super Bowl Sunday. 
But God done worked it out about how we got to have a competitive spirit. Let me see, see where I'm going here is that the angel said it could not win. It realized that I want to win this match, so I'm not going to give up. But you know who else was competing in this match? Jacob. And Jacob's like, you can knock my hip out of socket, but I won't let go until you bless me. Ah, uh, see, Jacob is counting on the blessing. Y'all see how the title working all here? He's counting on the blessing. He says, I, I am not giving up until I get my outcome. We might have to strive. We might have to work. But we got to have that no quit attitude in us. You know, when you compete, it is to strive to gain or to win something by defeating or establishing superiority over others who are trying to do the same. Well, I want to I want to have a caveat in here as I'm dealing with this text that we don't win God's blessing. We don't win them. That's not something that we can win, but we receive it. But we strive for his blessing. Blessed are ye. Right. And Jesus says these blessings come to those who do what? Right. Who hunger, who thirst, who who are the peacemakers, right? When we are doing what God blessings come from certain activity, but we don't do it to be blessed. We are already blessed. I was at a few moments. I I don't do things to get blessed. I do things because I am blessed. We don't work to be saved. We work because we are saved. And so, since I understand that I am a winner, why shall I quit? <laughs> and did the same goes. Quitters never win, and winners never quit. Well, we see Jacob is winning in this game. He's not quitting. Y'all don't hear me? And so when we are counting on God's blessing, why will we stop progressing in the direction he wants us to go when I know the outcome is going to be in my favor? Hmm. So here it is. One of my highlights. Again, this is in between. Jacob leaving Laban. Now, Jacob leaving Laban was not a fun occasion. Uh, he felt some hostility uh, from uh, his uh, brothers-in-laws and other people on the prowl because Jacob was growing wealthy. Uh, he got wealthy. Laban kept on taking everything Jacob had. So Jacob got slick. He said, all right, we're going to set things up. You have these sheep. I have my sheep. And he set it up that all of a sudden his sheep started growing more. And they started getting mad. Say, oh, you got all this stuff. So Jacob says, all right, we got to go, y'all. And he turns to God. Another thing, too, when we are going through situations and we're counting on God's blessings and we're going to go through hardships, we got to know that we can turn to God in prayer. Life was always going to be in motion. And as you stay in motion, you're going to have some obstacles. You're going to have some, some peaks. You're going to have some valleys. You're going to have some highs. You're going to have some lows. But yet you ought to also know that no matter what you're going through, God can bring you through. Jacob has grown wealthy. He has two wives, 11 sons, living with Laban. But Jacob's faith in God and the, and the God of his fathers has given him strength. Genesis 31, verse 7. It says, but he has cheated me by changing my wages 10 times. But God has not allowed him to do me any harm. Counting on God's blessing. Laban has, he says, cheated him. And change his wages, not one, not two. Jacob can't track y'all ten times. This man's been made. Some of y'all have been there. You've been in your job and said, I've been passed over. Y'all don't hear me. Uh, 
Some of us got that raise. Some of us got that promotion. Some of us got that job. I've been passed over. You start keeping track. I've been here. So you start looking around. I might need to go somewhere else where I might be feeling more appreciated and I can work in my skills and in my work. I want to encourage you just like Jacob that just keep on trusting in God. Don't be weary in doing your work. Don't be weary in doing what is right. But no, God keeps good records. I encourage your neighbor to say, God keeps good records. And so Jacob has grown wealthy even under this scrutiny, even under this oppression, even under this opportunity. This man kept on changing up his ways. It says that Jacob has grown wealthy. You notice that Jacob, in midst of going through all these trials and these tribulations, he was still able to be successful because you can't stop God. The road to victory is not always easy. And there will be some adversity. And here they are still in the, I, I said we're in 32 chapter, but back to 31st chapter. Say so in between, so I got to give you the context and the background. Stay with me. It says, then in my dream, the angel of God said to me, Jacob, and I replied, yes, here I am. The angel said, look up and you will see that only the state speckled spotted males are mating with the females for your flock. For I have seen how Laban has treated you. Isn't that something? So, so, so he wasn't making it up. Sometimes we make stuff up, right? Sometimes we make enemies out of somebody else and we don't really see what's going on. That's why you got to turn to God. So God, help me to see. Is it what I think it is? Or am I having a, a wrong perspective? Or have I been twisted? Or have I been swayed by somebody else? But here it is. He turned to God and God let him know that you're right. <laughs> he has been taking, taking advantage of you. But verse 13, it says, I am the God who appeared to you at the place where you anointed the pillar of stone and made your vow to me. Now get ready and leave this country and return to the land of your birth. Told him to get ready. Your change is bound to come. So here it is now. Jacob is leading his family towards the promise. Laban chases after him. After his daughters and after his grandchildren, wondering about what's going on, and Jacob is moving with a purpose. Jacob is leaving with his wealth, with his family, and everything he is secured in this time. Now, this will be fine. Verse 49 of chapter 31. But it was also called Mizpah, which means watchtower. For Laban said, may the Lord keep watch between us to make sure that we keep this covenant, that when we are out of each other's sight, Jacob leaves in peace. I want to highlight that one because a lot of times we quote that, may the Lord watch between you and me. I want you to know that this was done through contention. <laughs> this was not a happy meeting. Jacob was like, what's this man about to do when he sees me? And Laban let her know that I, I got my eye on you. <laughs> you leaving, my, leaving with my wife and my children, I got my eye, but may it be good while we are part in this place. So Jacob leaves it. Now, what I, what I want to highlight here is that Jacob is in between his blessings. God blessed him and prospered him. In this time, all he came, it says, with a staff. <laughs> all he came to Laban with a staff. And now he's leaving with 11 sons. He got some daughters, too, but he missed a children, 11 sons. And he has two wives, and he has over a whole host of goats and sheep and servants to take care of. That man is rich. So he got the milk and honey all by himself. And he's about to take the milk and honey to the land. <laughs> That's overflowing the milk and honey. But what I want to highlight here is that he has to make this journey. He has to uproot. He has to move from being comfortable 
uh, move his family. And, and you understand that his, his wives were not were eager to move. They were not eager to leave. They were like, hey, but he said, no, we got to go now. Now's the time. We're not going to give him a chance to come and change everything up. We got to get up out of here. Then they're going on to the camp. Now, here's a highlight this. Laban had his camp. Jacob had his camp. And having these camps, I want to highlight here, Jacob also has been having dreams by these angels. An angel has showed up to him this time with Laban to let him know God is with you. Now he has his wife and his kids, but now he's sending a, a messenger out to Esau at the beginning of the 32nd chapter. That's now we're in the 32nd chapter. He's sending a message out to Esau. Who is Esau? You're asking some good questions. Esau is his brother. And uh, Esau um, didn't, and Jacob did not leave on good terms either. <laughs> what, what happened? Jacob is blessed by the presence of God's angels. But yet he was also was blessed because he was favored by his mama to help him trick his daddy to get Esau's blessing. And so Jacob is starting away. Verse 1 of chapter 32. Jacob is started on his way again. The angel of God came to meet him. And this army of angels with Jacob led him to rename the camp Mahanim, which means double camp or two camps. So now you got a camp of Jacob and a camp of angels. I just want to stick a pen there for a moment just dwell about what it does it mean that God has a camp of angels camping next to you. And that's something. He, he, is, he is sitting down, and God shows up to him and says, hey. And now it's not one, it's not two, it says a camp. So it does not tell you the number of angels. So I'm just going to throw a number out there. It might have been 100. <laughs> I, I just want to throw a number out there. It might have been 200. I just want to point out that it was a big number. And the number is not what's important. What's important that it was a camp. A one person is a single camp. They will mention this an angel. No, he says a camp of angels, which means this. We get excited about how we say we got angels watching over us. But here it is. Jacob not only had angels watching, he had angels camping with him. But why would they be camping with him? And this is when my, my mind started trying to imagine about how they might have been traveling with him all this time. Protecting him from dangers that he has not seen or known. And notice how every time he was in trouble, an angel came and gave him a message. Said, whose turn is it? It's my turn. I'll go, I'll go tell him. It's going to be all right. Laban, Laban can't harm you. You're going to be okay. All right, good. Then he starts realizing God opened him up that he could see a camp. of And notice nobody else saw the camp of angels. But Jacob sees the camp. And I want to encourage you that God knows what he's doing in your life. And even when you don't see what's happening, know that God is preparing for your success. Even when you don't understand how it's going to work out, know that God is going to work it out. And working it out, he may have to give you a message. You know, the word angels, where we translate the word message. And so these are the messengers. And this is also a double kind of an influence here when Jacob sends out his messenger to Esau. God has sent his messengers to Jacob. Now Jacob sent his messengers to Esau. Jacob sends a messenger to Esau who's living in the region of Seir in the land of Edom. Jacob is now has settled with Laban. Now he's looking to settle with Esau. This, now this is another message we can gain from Jacob. Is that when we're moving forward, let us try to make right what we've done wrong. He's trying to move forward with a clear kind. He's trying to move forward and say, I want to make sure everything is right. So what do I need to do? All right, I settled with Laban. Now I need to settle with my brother whom I have not seen in 20 years. 
Jacob and Esau have both prospered in these 20 years. But let me remind you, Jacob tricked Esau not once, but twice. He took his birthright by making a nice red stew. This red stew is where we get the word Edom. And so here we see Esau and Edom reminding everybody of the storyline about, oh, the red stew and Esau, which also means hairy. And Jacob also was also got hairy to get the birthright. <laughs> but now Jacob's looking to be right and send his message. Esau, the messenger comes back and tells him Esau's on his way with 400 men. I don't know about you. But Jacob already knows he did not leave in good terms. <laughs> and then he says he's already on his way with 400 men. Now you can kind of see why seeing a camp of angels might have helped Jacob be okay. <laughs> Here, 400 men were coming by. He said, I saw angels, and now I got 400 men. So now Jacob said, what can I do? And so now this news has some trouble. What did Jacob do? He prayed. See that in verse 9, 32nd chapter. Then Jacob prayed, oh God, of my grandfather Abraham and God of my father Isaac, oh Lord, you told me return to your own land and to your relatives and you promised me I will treat you kindly. I'm going to stop there for a moment. Jacob is counting on God's blessing. In his prayer, he comes to God and says, Lord, I'm moving according to what you said, but I got trouble coming my way. I have adversity coming my way. I have a Conflict coming my way. And then he understands that I don't deserve everything you've given me. Look at verse 10. It says, I am not worthy of all the unfailing love and faithfulness you have shown to me, your servant. When I left home and crossed the Jordan River, look what he says here. I own nothing except a walking stick. Now my house holds fields to large camps. Mm. So let's you know, when he says that camp of angels, he know what a camp looked like. He says, I got two large camps. But what I want to also highlight here, notice who does he give credit for his prosperity. He didn't say that I worked hard and got this. He says, no, Lord, you blessed me. Anybody here glad that God blesses us in spite of us? Even when we can't provide for us, he blesses us. That's why we like that song by David, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. When we understand that God can provide for us, he understood that, Lord, I didn't have much. All I had was a walking stick. Now, look at me now. Some of us can do the same thing. We can look back in our lives and realize I didn't start out with much, but look at me now. Some, some of us know what it means to have maybe just one meal a day. Maybe some of y'all understand what it means that you didn't have a, a closet or, or a coat hanger. You just had a nail on the door. Y'all don't hear me? I know that from the stories I've been hearing from some other people that I know that that's how it was. They, they didn't get Christmas gifts. They got a gift. And that gift was to last all year. <laughs> and you had to hold on to that gift till next year you might get another gift. But now some of us have been so blessed that we give gifts to everybody because we know what it was to be without. We know what it was when I can only get one, but I can bless somebody else with another man that we give back and realize that God is not because of what I've done, but what you have done for me. Is God good? And so now he says, Lord, because you are good and what you have done for me, look how he turns his prayer in verse 11. Oh, Lord, please <laughs> rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau. I am afraid that he's coming to attack me along with my wives and children. But you promised me, counting on God's blessing, 
I will surely treat you kindly. I will multiply your descendants until they become as numerous as the sands along the seashore. Too many to count. Here it is on the highlight that when we're praying to God, don't ask God to remove the conflict from you. Ask God, help me get through the conflict. We want to make sure that we grow and we grow through resistance. Many of you have worked out and you don't work out. You can't get stronger unless you get some kind of resistance. You can't build up your muscles until you have to put some resistance there. That, think about if you can't do weights, they give you resistant bands. Hello, the word keyword. <laughs> we need resistance. Uh, you got tires on your car and they got grip so you because you need friction to move forward. Y'all don't hear me. We need friction. We need that opposite, uh, the, uh, the opposite to come against us, to give us a force to propel us forward. It's not always the wind will be at our back. Sometimes it might be at our front, but you've got to have enough legs to push through. Here's a, here's a beautiful thing about how the wind works, about competition. In track and field, uh, when you are having a certain amount that you cannot count running or jumping records depending on the wind and which direction it is blown. If the wind is at your back and you run faster, it can't be a world record because you had help from the wind. But if you can push through the wind, they give you that record. Y'all don't hear me? Well, I'm trying to highlight that you got to go through something in order to make it count. And so here it is that we got to go through some things. And here it is, Jacob's point. Now, God, I need your help to make me through this situation. And notice he, he does not know what Esau's going to do, but he says, I know what he might <laughs> And since I know what he might do, God, I know what you can do. You're able to give me support. We need to know to turn to God. And we need to expect God to protect us because we are his children. And because God is all powerful, he's able to bring forth success in our lives and give us the victory we are looking for in our lives. Jacob turns to God for help, knowing that Esau's coming with 400 men. He doesn't know what is going to happen, but what he does know is that if God, if you're with us, you're more than anybody against us. We learn how Jonathan said it right. God can save whether he has many or few. Jacob humbles himself before the Lord, realizing I'm not worthy of how you blessed me, how you kept me. But God, because of your promise, I'm trusting you because you said you will. So, Lord, I'm waiting for you to do exactly what you said you're going to. Anybody here glad that God said he will? That you can wait back and say, Lord, I'm just waiting for you to do exactly what you said you're going to do. So I can be still and know that you are God. I know, Lord, if you said it, it's going to happen. It's going to take forth. It's going to fruit. It's going to multiply. It's going to produce because God, you said. So Jacob makes preparations. Uh, the text tells how he started separating his camps. Um, he separated his wives and his kids together. Um, he separated his, 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 his flock together and his, and his herds together and his servants together. And he had them stare staggered in their camps, and he sends them ahead. But also notice that he's crossing over the waters back and forth, and he goes back to being in the camp by himself. Verse 13, Jacob stayed where he was for the night. Then he selected these gifts from his possession to present to his brother Esau. He gives them this instruction. You must reply. They belong to your servant Jacob, but they are the gift for his master Esau. Look, he is coming right behind us. Jacob stayed in the camp as a gift went ahead to appease Esau. Jacob is found alone because he sent his family ahead and he stays behind in the camp. That's why verse 24 is kind of puzzling because it says this. Then Jacob left all alone in the camp and a man came and rested with him 
until the break of dawn. I said it's puzzling because it does not say he walked over. It does not say Jacob went over to another camp. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, the angel then showed up and wrestled with Jacob. So I can't speculate why they are wrestling. What we do know is that they're wrestling. And as they're wrestling, one thing we have defined already about Jacob, that he has competition in his spirit. Jacob's been competitive all his life. Y'all don't believe me? Look how he was born. Grasping at his brother's heel. How he got the name Jacob, the one who grasped at the heel. Jacob's been competitive all his life, trying to always outdo somebody else. Then verse 20, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 25, verse 20 says, Then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel. <laughs> so they named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when he, these twins were born. And then continue on this same chapter of Genesis 25, we find out how we got the birthright from Esau. One day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness exhausted and hungry. <laughs> Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. This is how Esau got his other name, Edom, which means red. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as a firstborn son. Y'all see Jacob ain't acting right. His brother was hungry and needs some help. He said, I'm going to use this to my competitive advantage. How can I get something over my brother? <laughs> Give me your birthright. After that text, it goes on to say that he did. He, he hated his birthright after he gave it up to his brother. But he didn't stop there. Jacob steals the birthright and the blessing from his brother because he had help from his mother. Genesis 27, verse 36 says, Esau exclaimed, no wonder his name is Jacob. For now he has cheated me twice. First he took my rights as the firstborn, and now he has stolen my blessing. Oh, have you saved one blessing for me? He calls out to his father. But now I'm highlighting this again because remember what Jacob said about Laban? He done got me ten times. Mm. Be careful how, how you treat other people, right? It may come back on you. So Jacob understands, like, yo, I wasn't right. He wasn't right, so let me get right. So he sells accounts with Laban. Now he wants to sell accounts with Esau. He had time to mature. He had time to grow and realize I can't live my life being shady like this. So Jacob has this attitude that he wants to get better. Now, I want to also point out to us that God uses our own characteristics for our benefit. Now, you don't have to tell yourself, I'm going to tell on me, I'm stubborn. I can be very obstinate when I need to be and when I don't need to be. That's part of my characteristic. But yet, also, that has my character because I'm also competitive. I like to win. Uh, I can't play cards with my kids in front of my wife because she gets mad at me because I don't let them win. Um, I can't play tic-tac-toe with the kids. I will beat them in tic-tac-toe. Yes, yes, yes. I, I do not want to teach them how to, to, uh, how to win. I want to teach them how to lose so they know, what, how, to, so they know how to win. I had a, my, my brother did not like to lose either. And I played with him, and when he's losing the game, he says, I quit. And, and, and that's when he was only eight years old. I was playing, we, whatever it was, shoot your ladders, candy land, right? If he's falling behind, you about to get to the end. He's like, I quit. <laughs> and here it is that that competitive spirit in my house shows up to when I want to share somebody the gospel of Christ. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep on telling you what I know to be true. 
When, when, when you are in need of help, my competitive spirit that ain't nobody going to beat me, serve. I'm going to be there. If you call on me, I'm going to be there to pray for you and be there because God is using that same characteristic that I use for my own benefit to use it for his glory. What I want to highlight here is that Jacob has this competitive spirit that, Lord, I will never give up. If I can get something, I'm going to get it because I'm going to win. So here it is. He's wrestling with an angel, and the angel realizes it can't win. But Jacob says, I can't lose. <laughs> I'm going to keep on fighting. His attitude now comes to fruition. When he realized he couldn't win, notice what the, the angel does. It touched his hip. It said it knocks his hip out of socket. Here's the thing, how even while we might be on our way to our blessing, may not mean we won't have conflict or adversity or obstacles. Notice he's in between his camps. There's an angel camp. There's his camp, two camps. Esau is on the way, a third camp. <laughs> and now he's wrestling with an angel to break it all. He can't get no rest. But yet he's holding on saying, I won't let go until you bless me. He's saying, I, I got to get something out of this. You over here wrestling with me. This is going on like there's something happening here. He's not going to give on. He's not going to encourage you that you got to keep on trusting in God no matter what you're going through. Say, Lord, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. Holding on and, and anticipation and believing that this encounter is going to be a victory. Jacob pushes through this pain and this discomfort that's coming to him by the angel touching his hip. The Bible gives us a commentary how the children of Israel are reminding of this, how they don't eat the sinew of the hip anymore. But also the Bible shows us how Jacob was one, earlier in his prayer, all he had was a staff, then he became wealthy. His name was Jacob, now his name has been changed to Israel. But also I'm going to highlight here that now he's walking with the limp. His chains happened. His blessing happened. But he suffers. Be careful that you want your blessing, but you don't want to suffer. We all got to be changed when God comes into our life. And we could be changed some way, somehow. Everybody's change is going to be different. But it might cost you something. You might suffer something. Here, I want to highlight the angel tells him, your name is Jacob. God later on tells him, confirms, your name is no longer, I'm sorry, your name is Israel. Your name is no longer Jacob, but it is indeed Israel. Israel means that it strives with God. And here it is, it's speaking of the attitude that you have that now you used to be the tricky one. The deceiver one, the one to grasp at the heels, to trip somebody up. But now you're the one that contends with God, that fights with God, that, that, that pushes for God. And now I want to recognize you and you are called Israel and your children will be called Israel. The nation will be called Israel. Jacob's name changed. And notice what happened. It changed how he walked. We want our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And when we have our names written in the name book of life, in the Lamb's Book of Life, our walk also should change. We no longer walk according to the flesh, but we walk according to the Spirit. We are no longer living for ourselves, but living for His glory. 
And then we understand that when we've been changed, we've been blessed by God because Jesus says that if you believe in me, though you should die, yet you shall live. Tell your neighbor, that's the blessing. And so when we've been blessed that we might have life and life more abundantly, then we ought to walk in faithfulness and know that God has changed us. Jacob got up, he changed, he told everybody, my name's been changed. I, I used to be this. But look at me now. I, all I had was a staff when I started out, but now look at, I got two camps. I, I'm walking with a hip, but I still got my staff. And we still going to move forward. But guess this, that God got a blessing over and yonder that I'm going to go through. So here's the situation, that I might have some bruises, I might have some nicks. I may not be as, as young as I used to be, but yet what did David said, I was young, but now I'm old. But I never Seen your seen forsaken or see begging for, but I want to encourage you that we're going to go through some, some, some trials and tribulations. We're going to get some scrapes. We're going to get some bruises. But know this, that on the other side, we're going to have a new body. That's not going to know death. That's not going to know pain. That we're going to have to endure some suffering here. But that's okay because he suffered. Didn't he suffer for us? They hung him high. They stretched him wide. For us, he died. They pierced his hands with nails. They pierced his feet with nails. And, they, and to check to see if he died, they pierced him in the side. And out came with blood and water. There's power in the blood. Count on God's blessing. Don't wait on somebody else. Just wait on God. And here's the beautiful thing. What we can do while you're waiting. Do what Jacob did. Maybe I got to spend some time by myself and pray to God. Maybe I need God to send me a message and let me know everything's going to be all right. Maybe I need to remind myself what God has told me, and I believe, Lord, you said it's going to be done. Here's some things that God has shown us, told us. He says, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Jesus says, I'm going to my father's house to prepare a place for that when I come back, there you may be awesome. Jesus says, I will give you my joy and my joy will be complete. Jesus says, I will give you peace. I will, I will give you healing. I will give you love. And so we can call on his promises. And then he'll say, her add on. He does it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added on. Just count on God's blessing. Realize that what you have is by his grace and his mercy. Realize that God has blessed you so that you can grow, and now you can work on it. Now, here's the thing that I don't know. You might be coming up to some rivers. You might be coming up to some things you got to cross. I understand you might have to wrestle with some people. You might walk away with a limp. But I want you to know that if God is with you, you're going to make it through. Remember that the song says, nobody told me that the road would be easy. But I've come too far from where I started from. Jacob, in chapter 32, is in between leaving Laban and meeting Esau and going to his promised land. And in that time is when he has this crisis of change from going from Jacob to Israel, from walking with a limp, but yet walking with his head up proud because he did not quit. He did not give up. He says, I won't let go until you bless me. He had this competitive spirit. And we too, I encourage you to have this competitive spirit. We're not fighting. We're not striving. We're not working to win God's blessing. We're doing it because we got his blessing. And we won't give up. We play the game to win. And Jesus has already given us victory. 
He has already defeated death. He has seated the right hand of fire. He has promised us our crown when our journey is over. So keep on pushing them. Keep on fighting. Keep on pressing. And knowing that God will reward you. So let us count on God's blessing. Let us pray. God, we just thank you. For you have been faithful. Lord, you have given us energy. You've given us strength to endure some of the hardships, some pains that we've faced in our lives. And, Lord, we are reminded about how great is your love towards us. We're reminded about how great is your grace towards us. We're reminded, Lord, of, of your mercy. And, Lord, we thank you that you call us righteous, that you call us blessed. Lord, we thank you, Lord, there's nothing that we have done that earned any of this. But because how great is your love towards us that you provided Jesus, that we might know you and we might serve and, Lord, there might be someone who does not know Jesus as a Lord and say, Lord, I pray they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord and that they, they believe he died on the cross for their sins and he defeated death, arising from the grave on the third day. Lord, I pray you'll guide them and direct the Bible-believing, preaching, teaching church where they can celebrate the baptism of the saints and communion and of drinking of this bread and drinking of this fruit of vine together. And, Lord, if Zion is that place, we want to welcome them here. But, Lord, if it's somewhere else where we pray that they can find that place uh, where they can fellowship with the brothers and sisters in Christ. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. As we continue to worship our God, we pray to give God his tithes and our offering. And this is the second Sunday here in Zion, Peoria, Illinois. And United Usher Board will be um, fellowshipping at 3 p.m. at Bethlehem United Methodist Church where Pastor Tyson Parks is the pastor. And you're welcome to join in, or you can give towards your offering to help support the United Usher Board and their benevolence and their scholarship opportunities to come forward. So let's prepare to give God his tithes and our offering. Those who want to also be able to give online, you can do so through our website. Uh, you can download our app or also through the website, give your offering, and we thank God for how he's prospered us. May we give back to God what he already freely to give it back to us. Let us pray. Mighty God, we give back to you what already belongs to you. We thank you, Lord, for how you prospered us, how you blessed us. We thank you, Lord, that you are able to guide us and direct us. And, Lord, we also thank you for those who have desired to give, but yet have not. We thank you, Lord, you provide for everyone, all of your children. So now, Lord, we ask what is given, uh, that you will bless it, multiply it, and increase it for the building of your kingdom. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. I ask you to follow the instructions of the ushers and the deacons and uh, those who join us online. Thank you so much. God bless you. May you keep continuing.